You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. And please let's celebrate Chiamaka. Amazing, amazing God experience. You know, it takes a lot of courage to come and share your God experience. But then that courage is rewarded because it touches people. It touches people truly. Thank you very much. And good morning to all who are joining us online and everyone who's braved the rain to come to church today. I like that song. I make time for what I want. It's my choice to make time for what's important and what I think is important. Okay. So how many people here know Steve Harvey? Not the Nigerian guy, like the American Steve Harvey. There's a Nigerian one, but yeah, the, the American one. Okay. So for those of you that don't know him, Steve Harvey is a black American actor, is a comedian, is a TV presenter, is a game show host, is an author, is a businessman, a father, a broadcaster. Essentially, he's a very busy man, but also extremely successful. And in one of these interviews he was having, somebody was asked, somebody stood up and asked them, how are you able to achieve all you've done or how you've been able to achieve and still have time for family? How is it that you do all these things and you are still able to achieve more? And the way he answered really, like, I mean, I knew about these things, but the way he said it was, I mean, it just touched something in me. And he said, you have to learn to care about every minute of your day. You have to learn to care about every minute of your day. Essentially, what he was saying was that you should get to that point where you are managing every minute of your day. Where every minute speaks for something. Even if it's that this minute I know I am sleeping, I am resting, you have predetermined what every minute of your day should be doing. And so no minute of your day should be unaccounted for. In short, what he was saying was that if we are intentional about the minutes of our days, then we will achieve that which we've been dreaming. And you know this fits in perfectly with our anchor scripture for today. Our anchor scripture for today is Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. And I would like that in the Passion Translation. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. 
Can we have it in the Passion Translation if you guys have it? Okay, maybe they don't have it. But I'll, I'll read it from here. It says, So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding. But live honorably with the wisdom. With, so live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes so today we are continuing in that series you know we're, we're doing the series called the honor code and you know what, what we learned and what we are learning so far is that Everything that we own, everything that we have, comes from God. And our stewardship, our stewardship of what God gives us is how we honor Him. How we choose to use these things that God has given us, that is how we honor Him. And the things God has given us are our talent, our treasure, and our time. Our talent, our treasure, and our time. And those three things we should honor God with. And today we're going to be talking about how we honor God with our time. How do we honor God with our time? You know, as we discuss, we're going to talk about how our life is a sum of the time that we have. Our life is a sum of the hours, the years. That is really what our life on earth is. Then we're going to talk about how life is a gift from God. And everything God gives to us as a gift, he expects good stewardship. And then we're going to talk about how time is not something that happens to us, but it's a resource. If you like, it's raw material that can be converted to things. And finally, we will talk about how should I spend my time in a way that honors God. All right, so let's get into it. Um, can we read Job 14.5? Job 14.5. I don't know why we call it Job. It should be Job. Job 14.5. Um, so NI or NKJV is fine. So it says, A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits it cannot exceed. So God works in a very interesting way in the sense that he has predetermined the number of days we have on this earth. And only him knows it, right? And honestly, it can be scary to know that at some point, somebody out there already knows how long I'm going to live. 
and doesn't want to tell me. But I also think it's absolutely genius of God why, it does, why he doesn't tell us how many days we have. It's genius because it means that all of us, when we wake up, all we know is that we have 24 hours. And that's it. We all are starting on the same level playing field every morning, 24 hours. And so when it comes to taking advantage or when it comes to living your best life, it's really about living your best life or taking advantage in those 24 hours. Because you see, if you knew you were going to live to 100 years old, then likely what you would do is that you would live a life of debauchery until you are 80. And then by 80, you'll be extremely committed to God. Give God like 20 years so that you can get to heaven. Isn't that what we'll do? Or at least that's what I'll do. But anyway. But as our, as our anchor scripture tells us, we need to take full advantage of every day. So every morning when we wake up, we all have the same 24 hours. And how do we honor God with those 24 hours is what's very important. The anchor scripture says again that we should take full advantage of our days, essentially take full advantage of our 24 hours as we spend our lives for his purposes. But then God expects good stewardship of these 24 hours, right? Because God is the one that gave us these 24 hours. God is the one that gives life. Life is a sum of our days, which is a sum of these 24 hours, right? So God expects good stewardship of what he has given us. Can we read Act 17, verse 25? Act 17, verse 25. NIV version, if you guys have it. Okay. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. He is the one that gives us life. He himself gives everyone life. So he gave me life. He gave you life. He gave Chiamaka life. He gave Damilari life. He gave everyone life. But whatever God gives, he expects good stewardship. See, God doesn't just give anyhow. He doesn't just give it to us just because. He gives it because he has a purpose in mind. Can we read Romans 14 verse 12? Romans 14 verse 12. You know, one of the things about stewardship is that at some point, you have to account for what you've done with it or what you've been given. Romans 14, 12, uh, the Passion Translation says, Therefore, each one must answer for himself and give a personal account of his own life before God. If we have to give a personal account of our own lives before God, a personal account of our time before God, 
And you know, when I think of this giving account, I remember when I was younger and my mom would send someone to the market, right? Say, okay, we need certain things in the house. You know, so buy us this, buy us that. We need all these things in the house. And then she'll give the person money. And then the person will go, buy the stuff, and then come back. But when you come back, you have to give account of what you've done with the money. And in giving account, there are two things you are doing. You are showing evidence of the things you've purchased or you've done with the money. And then you're also telling us exactly how you allocated the money. Most times, you know, things will happen. Things, the person will go, come back, no issues. But in certain instances, issues came up when somehow the person could not just account for certain parts of the money. So say you give the person 10,000 naira, and by the time they say, well, I bought this, I bought that, I bought this, everything comes up to 9,000 naira. But the person doesn't have the mo any more money left on him or her. And then it becomes an issue because you can't account for a certain aspect of the money. You, cannot, you can't say this is what that money was used for because you were either careless or you overpaid for something. Sometimes, you know, you're trying to pocket the money, right? But most times you overpaid or you were just not, you were not accounting properly or you were careless. And so when I think of this verse where I have to go and give account of my life, my time, I'm worried. Because I'm worried because they are part of my life and honestly, I can't even remember what I did. I look back to maybe say when I was 23 years old. It's one of those years that was just, it's, it's in between, right? It's, I mean, sorry if you're 23 years old, but, you know, it's not one of those milestone years, right? Like a birthday, like 21, 25, that you might remember. And if God says to you, what did you do when you were 23? Honestly, I cannot give account. I can't allocate anything to that time. But God is merciful. And I pray that he's merciful when we, get to, when we, when we do get to heaven and account for our, our time. But what, 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 this remind, what, what this tells me is that for certain areas of my life, I just allowed time to happen. I allowed life to happen. See, there are two types of people in this world, and we, you fall into one of the buckets. There are those who, like me, at least before, just allow time to happen. We're just going through the motions. It's like they get on a train when they're born, this train called time, and when it's time to go, they get off the train, and that's it. They allow time to happen. These are people that have loads of unrealized dreams, unrealized visions. They have all these ideas, all these things they wanted to do or they plan on doing, but then time happens and then they're old and they don't have energy for anything else. And then there's a second type of person in the world today. These are people who have learned to be disciplined and to harness time to achieve 
their dreams and vision. Very simply, they've learned to use time as a resource to convert it to things that they want. So these people use time as raw material, raw material that can be converted to, say, a best-selling novel, raw material that can be converted to, say, a great relationship with your family or with your wife or with your husband, raw material that can be converted to, say, a profitable business, an amazing blog that touches everyone, raw material that, you know, can be converted to even healing from a hurt, raw material that can be converted to great relationship with everyone in your family. These people understand that time is not something that happens to you. Time is just a tool in your hand to convert to what you want. And so as we go on in this message, you start to think about your life and think, which of those buckets do I fall into? In fact, one of the biggest determinants of life, of, sorry, one of the biggest determinants of how well your life turns out is a direct result of how well you have converted the time you've been given so far. How well you have converted your days, your hours, your minutes. What have you done with it to convert it to something tangible, something beautiful? And I dare say, if you're not happy with the way your life has turned out so far, if you're not happy with the way things are going so far or the outcomes of your life, you know, maybe the answer is to move to Canada. Maybe the answer is to find another job. But really, the easiest and simplest way to change the outcomes of your life is to change how you reallocate your time on a daily basis. It is free. You don't have to pay, you don't have to pay for it. You do it, change it on a daily Just change what you're allocating your time to on a daily basis, and you will see the result. I want to give you an example of another American personality called Michael Jordan. Not the Nigerian Michael Jordan, but we all know the basketball player Michael Jordan Arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And for those that know his history, he always said that the first time he tried out for the basketball team in his school, he didn't make it. He didn't make the cut. And it's okay if you don't make the cut, but what really annoyed him was that there was a guy that made the cut that he knew he was better than. It's okay, you know, if all of us didn't make the cut. But when you know that this guy that I know I'm better than made the cut, then, you, you know, in Nigeria we'll call it spiritual or something. But you know what? After this setback, what did he do? He changed how we reallocated his time. From then on, it was said of Michael Jordan that he was the first in the gym and the last to leave the gym. He practiced extra hours every day. He reallocated his time to extra practice every day. All the way to the end of his career. And we all know, I mean, maybe there are some arguments here, but arguably he is in the Hall of Fame of basketball players. What did he do differently? 
just allocated is 24 hours. The time is spent on is 24 hours differently. That's all he did. Very simple, very effective. And so if there's a setback you've just gone through, if there's something you're going through that you don't like, if your life has just turned out in a, in a way you've not planned and you don't want, honestly, I encourage you to review how you're allocating your time and see how you can reallocate it to achieve the things you want. So we have seen that if we are purposeful with our time, We can achieve really beautiful things for our lives. But then there are also some things God wants us to achieve with our time. After all, he's the one that gave the time, right? He's the one that gave us this life. And so you must have a purpose. Can we read Jeremiah 1.5? Jeremiah 1.5. So God was telling, talking to Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. God telling Jeremiah that before I give you life, I had a purpose for your life. And so God telling Ajiro that before I give you life, I have a purpose for the time that you're spending on this earth. And every one of us, before God gave us life, he had a purpose for the time he has given us on this earth. And if we decide to allow time to just happen to us, then we are going to be like the slothful servant who was given the one talent and then went to, went to bury it. I mean, we all know the story in Matthew 25 where a master is about to go on a long journey and he calls all his different servants. And for some, one he gave five talents, one he gave two talents, one he gave one. And then when he comes back, he takes account. Like we all have to take account, right? And the one that was given five talents doubled it. The one that was given two talents doubled it. But then the one servant that was given one talent for some reason, he misunderstood the purpose of why he was given that talent. And so he kept it as it was. He says he went to bury it and kept it as it was. If you've been given time and you are just doing time as it has been given to you, you are like the slothful servant. Time should not happen to us. Essentially, we should happen to time, Right? But time should not happen to us. We should be the ones using time to achieve other things. And so if we don't want to be like the servant who just was given this time and he just took this time as it was and didn't do anything with it, then there are four ways that I want to talk about how we should be spending our time. And remember, when I talk about time, this is a 24-hour cycle. And what that means is everything we are discussing starts from ideally today, but I mean, maybe we've gone half of the day. starts from tomorrow. Every day is really the unit of our life. It is not about next month. 
It's not about next year. This is about tomorrow. So one of the first purposes of, of how we should be allocating our time is definitely the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Can we read Matthew 6, 33? Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first, which means the first priority for our time should be God's kingdom. What does that mean? It means on a daily basis, we should make time to build our relationship with God. On a daily basis, we should make time to advance the cause of the gospel. In fact, before you sleep, and I know, I know this is something T.D. Jake says it does, you know, that before he sleeps, he starts to plan the day, the, the day ahead. And so if you're like him, before you sleep, you're planning the day, the day ahead, you should be thinking, how many minutes of this day am I going to spend in intimate relationship with God? And how many minutes of this day am I going to spend at least advancing the cause of the gospel? And advancing the cause of the gospel is not when we decide that we're going to do an initiative in church. It is a daily thing. The second way to allocate our time is family and relationships. Family and relationships. Can we read John 17, 12, please? John 17, 12. So this is Jesus praying for his disciples, praying to God just before he ascends into heaven. And Jesus says, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. By that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction. So the scripture would be fulfilled. You know, and this is Jesus giving account of his, essentially of his time just before he goes into heaven. Saying, the people that you put around me, none of them were lost. Obviously, apart from Judas, who was predetermined for the, to betray Jesus so that, you know, the scriptures can be executed. And so we have all been put in families either by blood or just by choice or just by, you know, things just happen. You know, there are friends that if you ask how you guys met, you can't even really figure it out. But then these are people that have been put around you. And these are people that you, we also have to give account for. That the time that I gave you, how much of that did you pour into these relationships? How much of that did you pour into building quality relationships, pouring into them, encouraging them? How much attention are we playing on those relationships God has put around us so that when we are giving account, we also can say that none of the one you gave me have been lost. And then the third way by which we allocate our time is enterprise, work, business. 
This is also a way we serve God. You know, I said there were two types of people in the world. There are also another two types of people in the world. We have the creators and we have the consumers. And you tell which of those buckets you fall into by just reviewing how much of your time you are allocating to either creating or consuming. They are creators and they are consumers. Where do you fall into? You know, one of the things I like about Genesis 1 is that if you read Genesis 1, I think the first two chapters, what you see first is that there's this creator called God. And he comes into the void and he sees that things are not, have no form. And it goes about creating light. It creates the earth. It creates the trees. It creates animals, birds, sea, um, fish. And then it does something slightly different. He says, let us create man in our own image and in our own likeness. And so from that point, from Genesis 1.1, to the point where he wants to create man, we see that God has the nature or God is a creator. And so when he says that he wants to create man, what is he saying? When he says he wants to create someone in his own likeness, what is he saying? He's saying, I want to create another creator, another co-creator. Essentially, one of the biggest purposes that God has created us for is to also co-create. And so that is why there are two types of people you are either co-creating or you're either consuming, right? So how much value are you creating at work? How much value are you creating even when you're unemployed? How much value are you creating in your business, in your industry, in your enterprise, in your career, in your course? How much value are you creating? Because if you're not creating there's only one other bucket you fall into. In fact, I do not believe, I, am, well, I strongly believe that we should never start a day without determining or predetermining how many minutes of that day or hours we're going to spend creating. And so for those that God has put a book in your heart, how much time have you allocated on a daily basis to that book? For those that God has put a blog in your heart, how much time on a daily basis have you allocated to writing that blog? For those that have put designs, apps, bags, shoes, anything, those ideas that God has put in your head, how much of your daily time have you allocated to creating, to build those ideas? We should not start our day without first determining how many hours or how many minutes we are going to spend creating value on that day. And, you, and one of the other ways by which we should allocate our time is personal growth. You know, time signifies growth for children, right? Every year, your ch a child will grow. They grow taller. They grow more confident. They can speak. They can do more things. They can function. So as a result of time, there must be growth. But you know, when you are fully grown, when you are in your adulthood, 
Physical growth is not as much anymore, right? Now that growth should be mental, should be mind, should be spiritual, the things that are not essentially seen. And so if five years, six years should pass and you've not grown in any way in your mind or in your spirit, then there's a problem. The same way if five years should pass and a child who was one year one years old has not grown tall or cannot speak after five years, then you know there's a problem. So personal growth as a result of time, sorry, we must grow as a result of the time given to us. We must grow as a result of the time given to us. And we never stop growing. We never stop growing. Also, each day, you must predetermine how many minutes of that day you are going to spend on personal growth. When you wake up in the morning, there are buckets of your time you must predetermine. One, my relationship with God. Two, advancing the kingdom of God. Three, how do I create value? Four, my personal growth. And Oh, yeah, sorry, and I missed one. And relationships. How many minutes today am I spending on building the relationships that are important to me and important to God? And finally, I cannot, we cannot end this conversation without talking about rest. Sabbath, rest. I know everybody likes this part. You know, let us rest, let us chill. But yes, God created rest for a purpose. You know, a child, I can imagine that if a baby, as soon as they were born, doesn't sleep a wink for the next five years, that baby is not going to grow. Because most of the growth that happens is when we are sleeping. Even when we are learning, most of the learning, our brain starts to sort of store things and categorize things when we are sleeping. And so rest is very important. And so it's also important to allocate time for rest. But just that you don't allocate all your time for rest, because that's an anomaly. I can't remember where it is in the Bible, but there's a, a parable of a man who had built up a storehouse and he had said, look, I have achieved everything I want to achieve. What did he say? He says, now let me rest, relax, retire, and enjoy myself. Essentially saying, let me allocate all of my time to rest. Do we know what God said? We know? God said, okay, if that's the case, by tonight, you are coming back to heaven. So, yes, there's time for rest, but obviously it is not that we are allocating all of our time to rest. But rest is important. God was very intentional about telling us that he rested on the seventh day. And it's, it means that it's also, there is a purpose for it. So our life is a sum of the time that we have. What we choose to do with our time on a daily basis determines the outcome of our lives. And also what we choose to do with our time on a daily basis has the potential to either honor God or dishonor him.
I want us to just do a mental exercise and let's review your last year. Review the time you had last month. In fact, yesterday, review your time. Can you honestly say that if God tells you to give account for that time, say yesterday or maybe last year or last month, that there are tangible things that you can show God that this is the evidence of what I've done with it. And if you're like me and you need to repent, because I mean, I need to repent. There's so many gaps in my memory of what I've done with my time. You know, it's never too late to start. It's actually never too late to start. So I want us to start today by caring about every minute of your day and care about what every minute of your day is assigned to or is assigned to do. Shall we pray? Our first prayer and is just to give someone an opportunity here. If you have to review, say, a block of time in your past, or maybe last year or last month, and God says, give account for this time. I wonder if it's all the number of people you slept with that you can only give account for. I wonder if... It's the number of series you've completed on Netflix that's, that's all you can really account for for that time. Or I wonder if it's the number of people you've been able to defraud during that time. Or I wonder if, like the servant, you've just not done anything and you can't even remember what that time was meant for or what you did. I want to give us an opportunity to just come afresh to God. And especially if you've not given your life to Christ. If you've not said, God, I want to start honoring you with my time. Because whether you're giving your life or not, you are all, we're all going to give account to God of this time. I want to just give you an opportunity to say to God that Yes, I have lived for my own. But as the song, as the band, the band, the, the song that the band sang says, but I want to change my priorities. I want it to be about you, to be about honoring you with my time, with my day-to-day, my 24 hours. And if you're there and you just feel like you just need to repent, because the time spent so far, there is nothing tangible that you can present to God with. The time spent so far has been spent on riotous living or living that has not, that will not glorify God. I just want you to signify by raising your hand as we pray for you. This is not to me. This time you are spending here to raise your hand is important. This is to God and to say, This is it, God, 
I am coming back and I'm prioritizing you. And so if you're raising your hand, I want you to just say this prayer after me. That dear Father, I ask for forgiveness of my sins. I ask for forgiveness of the way I have spent my time so far. I repent. And I ask, oh Lord, that you accept me into your fold. I commit my life and my time to you and I dedicate it to you going forward. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And if you raised your hand, somebody will have put a card in your hand. Please help us fill it and put it in the offering basket or on the basket when you're going and somebody will reach out to you. But we are still praying. There's one more prayer. And this is it. It is, Lord, help me take full advantage of my days so that I can live a life of purpose for you. Each one knows the things that God has put in your heart. Each one knows the dreams that you've let die. The pictures God has put in your head that you've let disappear because time has just happened. I want you to just pray that, Lord, I ask for the grace to take full advantage of my days in a way that honors you and in a way that I can live a life of purpose. And if you're there and you're you not really sure what you should be doing with your time, I also want you to pray that, Lord, show me what you want me to prioritize with my time. Like I have this time you've given me. I don't want to be like the servants who just didn't know what to do with it. Show me what I should be doing with my time. Tell me what I should be doing with my time. Reveal to me what I should be doing with my time. In Jesus' name. And so, Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Lord, we know that in certain instances, we've been careless with our time. But Lord, no more. We commit, oh Lord, from today to be intentional about the time that you've given us. We commit, oh Lord, from today that to do intentional things with the 24 hours you've given us on a daily basis to take full advantage of these days so we can live a life of purpose and Lord if we are spending our time on things that are not what you want us to be doing with Lord show it to us help us reprioritize our time help us reallocate our time if there are relationships oh Lord that we've not been spending time on Lord show us those relationships. Reveal to us 
so that we can spend more time in those relationships. Thank you for answering us. And thank you for forgiving us for how we've spent our time so far. You are a kind and merciful God, and we know you have been merciful to us today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.